Drive Time on RT Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. Protect your family's future with life cover from Zurich. Talk to a financial broker to find out more. Now, government has signed off today on a €20 million Euro extra in funding for refugee accommodation. But this, this will include 400 beds on two sites for both Ukrainian refugees and international protection applicants. A number of sites are currently under consideration, including Nakhle... Nakhle Lachine Accommodation Centre in County Clare and Thornton Hall. But with contracts for many hotels, housing refugees set to expire within weeks ahead of the tourism season. Is this enough to manage the urgent need? Well, for more reaction on this, we're joined now by Bulilani Mfako, spokesperson for the Movement of Asylum Seekers in Ireland, and Eugene Quinn, National Director of Jesuit Refugee Services. And you're both very welcome to the programme this evening. Um, Bulilani, I'll come to yourself first. I wonder what is your reaction? Action to, to what has been announced today. Good afternoon, um, and thank you for having me. Well, the first reaction is that we are, are concerned, deeply concerned, um, that we are talking about the expansion of the direct provision system rather than taking a much more long-term approach um, uh, to changing the way the state uh, meets um, uh, its international obligations to asylum seekers. And so, um, uh, we would be concerned about the continuation of the direct provision system because. That's what you, uh, uh, they mean when they're talking about a possible expansion of the Nocleshin uh, site, for instance. Um, uh, we are not hearing much more um, of long-term planning. Um, uh, uh, all that we are hearing is a lot of uh, short-termism um, uh, uh, approach, but we know that um, uh, Ireland will continue to receive uh, people seeking um, uh, asylum throughout the years and as it has uh, for the past uh, two decades so. I know you've been living in Nakhlesheen for the past five years, and as I mentioned, that's one of the potential sites that that might receive this funding. Is the site and is that centre capable, do you think, to take more beds? What we uh, had proposed, you remember, in the Catherine Day advisory group was that you could have uh, state-owned um, uh, reception centres, but those would be for short term. Uh, for instance, people would only stay in them for about three to four months before they are moved on into um, uh, uh, accommodation in the community um, and to live independently. What currently is in the Nocleshin site is actually not um, uh, uh, suitable for any um, uh, of the families who live there to have any semblance of a normal family life or private family life because in Nocleshin they aren't allowed to cook, for instance, and so we all have to go um, and queue all 300, well, 300 plus of us who live here uh, have to go and queue in the canteen for our meals um, uh, 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 every single day, uh, uh, three times a day. Uh, uh, and so that uh, uh, isn't a long-term um, uh, uh, solution. Um, uh, it might be um, uh, uh, suitable to meet uh, the short-term need for accommodating people because we want to have a situation um, that we have now where uh, uh, asylum seekers have essentially been left to sleep on the streets with no way of meeting their basic needs. Um, uh, 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 that is concerning for us. Uh, but equally would be concerned about the expanding um, uh, uh, direct provision system because we know Nocleshin is run for profit, for instance. It's run by a private company that will be smiling all the way to the bank when it hears that they'll be earning more money. Okay, yeah, so, so I, I understand what you're saying, that you'd like, uh, you recognise there is a need to provide some accommodation or some more temporary accommodation for people who are arriving into the state, but the problem is people are, are being left there for much longer than, yeah. than you could regard as temporary. Um, do you think modular homes would be a better option, or is that something that just needs to be done as well? It, it, modular homes would work again for a short term, um, uh, but we're not hearing the long-term plans from the state. We don't hear any talk of long-term plans, uh, because if you're talking about um, uh, modular homes um, uh, uh, in the long run, 
you are only t- talking about building more shanty ghettos um, uh, all around islands uh, where only uh, uh, migrants live. That would be concerning for us because we've seen um, uh, uh, that uh, 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 restricting uh, migrants into a particular locality has its own um, uh, uh, social problems because generally they work in low-paid work um, uh, uh, in the country, and that would mean that you are expanding um, uh, 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 on more ghettos. Like I used to live in a ghetto uh, in South Africa for more than 14 years. Uh, you had similar problems um, uh, uh, in the ghettos in South Africa with the ghettos in Denmark, for instance, where my migrants lived in ghettos, and they weren't living um, in modular homes in Denmark. They were living in proper apartments, but the problem was that um, those proper apartments were only occupied and occupied by majority uh, people from the migrant community who have low incomes, uh, many of whom were reliant on the state for income support. And so it becomes problematic in that you don't have uh, an integration of the mm. new um, arrivals into normal Irish um, uh, society in the social, economical, and political life of the country when they are uh, segregated in those modular homes. Okay, we'll stay in the line if you don't mind, Bululani, and we also have Eugene Quinn, National Director of Jesuit Refugee Service on the line. Uh, what's your reaction to this funding, Eugene? Um, I, I suppose we hear the concerns that uh, Bululani has raised and that there was a desire to end direct provision, but I suppose we're there's extraordinary pressures on the system and, and we're aware that there's a number of hotels that are going to close at the end end of March. We have almost 200 people who weren't offered accommodation, and in the last six months we've had people in tents and on chairs, sleeping on chairs and floors. So I suppose we would probably give a, a, a qualification to, to the fact that there's going to be uh, the state bringing, uh, I suppose, new capacity. Um, I think practically maybe this might be longer term, so I suppose it's the quality of that accommodation, what's that going to be like, so the detail isn't in there. So mm. if that was more owned or on state land and it could be produced rapidly, I think that would also be longer term. So it would uh, deal with some of the reliance, the over-reliance on private provision that has that, that seen these cliff edges are kind of um, rising in terms of the accommodation availability and people potentially being on the streets. So uh, I suppose It'll be important detail that we get in terms of what that accommodation will look like. But I think we'd be welcoming that anything that adds capacity to the system at this stage is really important when we have people that are actually on the streets. Uh, and how concerned are you about that cliff edge that everyone has been talking about coming up at the end of this month, um, although no one really knows the extent of, of, of what might happen? Well, we're aware because residents contacted us who've received uh, letters in three hotels in, in, in Dublin, I think also in one hotel in Clarny, so that, that there is, the hotels will close, the contracts are finishing, but they don't know where they're going to be moved on to. And I suppose mm. the other thing is, is, the, is the scale. I mean, it's 400 beds. Um, just in terms of the need, there was 350 new international potential applicants arriving per week at the start of January. That's reduced to about 170 the last couple of weeks. But essentially, 400 beds is about two weeks of new arrivals. And if you take that, there's already 200 people who haven't been offered accommodation. What, what needs to happen is it needs to happen. We need to see that it would work and that this new strand, which would, would add capacity to the system, um, would also then, if, if, if it's successful and meets the, the dignity, allows people to live with basic dignity, would be scaled up quite quickly to meet the, the, 
the large shortfall that's been anticipated in, in numbers. And just finally then, Eugene, we're hearing that the government had been planning to purchase modular accommodation with the 60-year lifespan. They're now considering buying homes with a 30-year lifespan mm-hmm. uh, because apparently that might speed up delivery. Is that something you'd welcome? Yeah, well, I, I, I think... Um, even the accommodation at the moment is, is with hotels is in, is in months um, and sometimes weeks. Something that would have a 30-year would be longer term um, and would be something that could allow people to, to live for a period of time um, and hopefully build their lives and, and, and move out and, and into the community. Okay. Well, thank you both very much for joining us this evening. That's Eugene Quinn and Bully Lani and Faco. We'll take a break. 